Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. This is the Game Engine Start podcast for the 9th of June, 2020. My name's Callum. My name's June. And this is occurring on what would be E3 week. Um, right. Yeah. Had we not had we not been hit by the terrible, terrible virus. Um, so we're just kind of sitting here, not doing a whole lot. Even all of the even all of the things that were supposed to happen have all been delayed because uh, America's on fire right now. Yep. So uh-huh. everything's just been put back. So we we can't even pretend like we're at E three because no. nothing's happening. No, it would be weird to yes, exactly. Like in everything being at the end of June, I don't know. There's something really weird. Like I was thinking about taking the E three holiday off anyway that I would normally take. And mm. then I was like, oh, well, like, work reasons, like, I can't take that week, so I'm taking, like, a chunk of the next week off. And it's still like, yeah, like, yeah, there's streams and there's stuff, and, like, it's just not going to be the same. It's, gonna it's be not like, the same, yeah. It's gonna be like, I got, told, I got told specifically by my work that I had to take this holiday, because I took ah. it at the start of the year, and then they were like, well, we want you to take it, and we, we don't really want to give people holidays back just because the coronavirus is out, so can you please just take it? And I was yep. like, okay, yep. yeah, that's Fair fine. Enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird one. We should probably also like just briefly say like I think I speak for both of us when we say we're in full support of all the stuff that's happening right now. Um, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And yeah. um, I just before we started recording, I had to nip out to get supplies, and there's a bunch of people on their way to uh, protest up here as well. And I think it's yeah, um, same same thing here. Yes. It's a lot of signs and a lot of car honks um, in support and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, full support of everything that's happening. It's horrific mm-hmm. what we've been watching over the, over yeah, the past tw- couple Twitter of weeks. Yeah, absolute Twitter's an absolute war zone right now, it's, and it's it's, it's kind horrific. of inc- it's yeah, yeah, it's kind of incredible. But um, hopefully, hopefully change happens, and we'll we'll can only hope we'll we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but here's hoping. So. Even, yeah, it feels weird to talk, like, I've seen a lot of people say, like, it feels weird to talk about video games at a time like this, but... I know, you know. It's, it's 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 strange in the way that the world is right now to kind of mm. not focus on the stuff, but... Yeah, I did see... We have, we have to just do what we have to. Yeah, exactly. Us. I did see, there was a, I can't remember, some tabloid um, headline floating around of... The fact that someone in like continental Europe has discovered like a second strain of avian flu or something like that, um, Great. and I saw the I saw a tweet reply that said, "We thank you for your interest in the ongoing uh, ongoing apocalypse of 2020. We are currently fully booked, and we will place you in the queue." Like between this, between this and protests and fucking killer hornets or whatever the hell's happening, like. Uh- you know, I was going to say I, I saw multiple tweets like overlapping the last week talking about the the, the fifty to seventy five wild boars guy. That's like that's mm-hmm. the least of his problems now. Is the mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I, so I saw the, that tweet got um, reused a bunch of times considering what's happening in the states right now. The I know, right? Two fifty feral hogs. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so in terms of what we've been playing, there's a couple of things um, that I want to talk about. Um, one of which is Space Haven, which is this early access game that I think hit, hit Steam Early Access. Uh, Fairly week, recently. Yeah, like the week before you're listening to this. Um, but apparently yeah. it's been alpha for a while. It was a Kickstarter game. Um, so there's a, at least a bunch of knowledge. I'm not going to talk too much about it because we should actually do a video with it because it's kind of hard to describe in text. But it's... Yeah. The sales pitch. Text. You know, you know this text-based podcast that we do. You know, uh, yes, you know, yes, voice text. It's all the same. 
Yeah, the same thing. The pitch to me was FTL plus RimWorld, which and RimWorld is a game that I've been kind of interested in, but never really dug into. It's kind of closer to something to like a, um, yeah, it's like whatever the level below city builder is, like colony builder. I don't know, like the thing where you have slightly more control. I think colony manager is right i think colony, like, colony management is like the type of game that you're talking but it's, about but it's at the scale where like there are individual people who are named that you yeah it's your it's, it's your rim world it's your prison yeah. architect it's like that sort it, of thing. it's that kind of level thing so the, like the, the core concept is like you're building a ship um like you physically build a spaceship um and then outfit it out um like build rooms build equipment build all that kind of stuff on your on the ship and the FTL part is you kind of do jumps to different systems and gather resources and all this kind of stuff. It's super cool. It's it is early access, so there's still stuff obviously not there, but like all yeah. the sy- all the systems are in place. Like the dangers there, the the all the um, all the moving parts, all the moving part, yeah, all the moving parts are there. And there's definite like you the, the you start to hit the the resource management part of it when you're like when you're getting the resources and you need to get. Um, manage who has what and how, how what you're processing into what and all this kind of stuff and it's got a yeah. really cool pixel arty style but it's like a really good version of like the animations are really smooth and all that kind of stuff and it also has um it, like a like point and click like navigate uh what's the word i'm looking for it's not turn-based it's like real time when you invade other sh- or like go uh explored their ships <laughs> and stuff like that are you all right are you having no, a stroke right i'm now? just i don't know this week's taking a toll on me apparently um derelict ships are a thing that you can use that is an easy way to get like pre-made resources or pre-farmed right. resources and um, but of course there's aliens so you need you you get people together you get on a ship you go over to the derelict ship and then you're kind of like exploring the rooms and dealing with aliens and all this kind of stuff so there's that aspect of it as well like it's actually it's super ambitious and um like I say, all the clockwork parts of it are there. Um, and like yesterday, or like at the weekend, they put out like patch eight, which adds a whole new water system in there that they've reworked. So they're definitely actively working on it, um, which is cool. But we'll do something with that. That's um, Yeah, that, that seems like it would be a, lo- a lot of it you need to get a C. Yeah. Um, so the two things I want to talk about, um, one of them's called, um, let me just make sure I've got the name right, Genesis Alpha 1. Which is a game that is. I think you made that up. Nope. I'm just. I'm making sure that is actually the name because it's. Yeah, Genesis Alpha One. That is the name of the game. So it is a. As a segue from the previous game, it is a game where you build a spaceship, but it is a first person roguelike as well. Oh my god, what? Okay. And it's fascinating and kind of. It's bizarre. So you start with you start with like a very you start with basically a bridge of a ship, and you build your ship out, and you jump between various sectors, and you pull in resources. But every time you pull in resources, like tractor beam resources in, there's a chance it can bring like alien specimens into the ship and like flood the ship with aliens. But the cool thing right. about it is that they're really going into like your spaceship being like a working like. It's not like clean sci-fi, it's like super dirty sci-fi, where like, so like the tractor beam room, which is one of the main rooms you have to build, obviously to pull in, to, to tractor beam in resources, 
it has like the main area, like the the main walkway where the tractor beam comes in, and like your crew work on it. But there's also like stairs that go down to like the un- like the bowels of the ship. What's the word that they use in in Star Trek for that? Like the like the the tunnels the and stuff that go through like Jeffrey's tubes. Jeffrey's kind of like <laughs> Jeffrey's tubes, but like the kind of under skeleton of the ship where you're like crawling around under the ship, and there's like stuff under there. So what'll happen is you'll tractor beam in a bunch of resources, and all these aliens will will come along with it and then just run into the under underbelly of your ship so you have to go like hunt them down or build robots to go under and take them all out and if you don't get them they'll start laying eggs and they'll start like um infecting parts of the ship and destroying bits of it and if they destroy enough bits of it like it'll create holes in the hull that will let oxygen in and flood the plate it's again it's a lot of kind of these cool systems coming in um and then the other part of it is that you can once you build your hangar, you can get a bunch of your crew to go down onto planets and basically, like, it sets up, the your dropship sets up, like, a, a atmospheric bubble around a particular section and you can run around and gather um, resources from there and there's also, like, technology that you can scan from crashed ships and all this kind of stuff. And you basically build up this, um, like, you build up this research and build up this wealth of technology to eventually kind of build your ship bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's very cool. It doesn't. It's. It looks bad, like in a. Yeah, point I, where... I'm watching. I'm watching footage of it right now, and it looks very uh, unfinished. I so what again? It was. It was an early access for a long time, but it is now out. And the reason I was playing it is because I had it on my wish list for a while as a thing I was interested in, and it had a free weekend. I think two weekends ago, which is how I ended up playing it. Um, it was one of those moments where, and it hasn't happened in a while where I was playing a game, I was playing the game and was like, this looks really weird. And I went into the options and made sure everything was turned up and not on like low. And I yeah. turned everything down to low and basically nothing changed. So one oh. of two things is true. Either like, either like the, there's something broken on with my system or in the interaction between that, or I, I don't know, but it just doesn't look very good. Like characters don't look good. Animations don't look very good. Yeah. But it definitely seems like the focus is on the mechanical rather than the, the, the graphic, but there are moments like the lighting's pretty good, but just like character models and textures are just all over the fucking place. Um, so yeah. Cool. And then, yeah. and then the other, the other system part of it is that, all of your crew except you are clones of you or they're, they're clones based off of you because you're basically been, you've been sent out you've been sent out to find like a new habitat for for that's humanity like that one, that's like that one of the that one faction in um twilight imperium that board game yeah kind of yes yes there's that there's, okay. that, there's that thing that's like they're 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 entirely made up of clones of that one guy because he had a horrible disease and yes, kept exactly. cloning himself until he could find the cure so the interesting yeah. thing about this is that you're so all your crew you can you, you clone your crew but as you encounter different types of aliens you gather genetic material from those aliens and yeah start I'm, I'm watching sp- double helixes fall on the ground that you yeah. kill aliens so you can then start to splice that genetic material into your clones so, like, the spider aliens you find, you can then create clones that have some of that, which affects their, their stats of, like, they're more resilient but less intelligent or something like that. So you just end right. up with these, like, weird, like, humanoid spider aliens just walking around your ship in the uniform and stuff. It's very strange. It's a super cool concept, and I like building the ship, and then there's something about, like, real-time building the ship up and then running around inside it. And I like mm. the level of detail that 
like so like one of the things you have you can build is just an access point or an access tube or whatever they call it i can't remember it's like a one square thing that basically gives you access immediately to the underbelly of the ship and all the stuff underneath and you're like why right. would I ever why would i ever build this this is pointless but once your ship gets a specific size and the motion sensor goes off of like aliens detected if you have to sprint like down a floor and down to the other end of your ship to then get under the belly and run back because every room has like their underneath part where you do upgrades and oh sure and right like. so you need that yeah. you do need access to the underbelly of your ship all, uh, every now and then um so yeah and you start to end up with like starting to plan out how your ship gets put together and all this kind of stuff it's it's a really cool idea and mechanically it's it's pretty decent but like yeah visually and animation it's not great and the shooting is super basic um, yeah, yeah but it i don't know it, it was a cool a cool idea i think yeah um so that free weekend's done now so i think it's back to it's not full price i think it's like 25 i think it's on steam sure, somewhere. Yeah. um and then another thing i want to talk about very very briefly is a game called unavowed which i've been putting mm. some time into so unavowed is a traditional ass point and click point and click adventure game um this is the this is the wadget eye thing yes, right this is a wadget, so this is a wadget eye game which for people who know should say basically everything about it so wadget eye are the studio who their entire thing is building like point and click adventure games done in the old like scum style yeah um and look as well like it's it's pixel art like, yeah, it's kind of very pixel arty, and also like the I don't know if it, when the last time you played a Wadget Eye game was, but like their launcher oh, wow. is like super old school, and it's like, do you want to run this at six forty by four eighty and scale it up? And you're like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what you this do. game should look like. Um, so I, I've they've done and they they are prolific as a studio. Like the first one I heard, the first game I ever played from them is Gemini Rue, which I need to go back and finish actually yeah. at some point because that was a super cool game. And then there was one called is it Techno Babylon? I think was also one of theirs. That sounds right. Yeah. Which is like super post-apocalyptic, like Dune style sci-fi, which is very cool. And then they've done a bunch of stuff in between. Like looked at their their history. Like they 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 put these out at a pretty regular clip, and they're like and they're very well made. Like they're super well made thing. Like so unavowed is it's like fully voice acted. There's multiple playable characters it's not even playable characters it's like a team basically um a lot of stuff they haven't really done in those games before right they have put out a lot of stuff that i've right? never heard of before and it's this Jeez. very small studio that seemed to do this stuff and all of them that i've played so far have been like great to excellent so you know so unavowed the story about unavowed is it is as i've been told by my um my uh fiction loving wife it is a Urban fantasy is not magical realism. Apparently, that's a different thing. Urban okay. fantasy, where it's basically the case of, and it's a, it's it's not a it's not the most original of stories, but it is uh, magic and uh, otherworldly beings exist in the real world. It's like it's not quite fables, but it's like mermen are real, um, elementals are real, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the two main characters you have, one is a. One is the daughter of a of a djinn, and the other guy is a fire mage. Like these things, these things are real. And the unavowed are a group that basically not hunt them down, but like our like diplomacy between our world and the fact the 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 magic realm, basically. Um, and it has a super good intro that I won't spoil, but like 
how how your character ends up getting involved in the story is fucking what it's it's one of those moments where it's one of those moments that I really enjoy in narrative games where you see like oh they're just fucking going for it okay like there are no like they're not padding this out they're not like even even any the, of this. like the still images that exist on the Steam page look interesting like there's a lot of yeah. really weird looking shit in this yeah. game so um and on top of that like i said like it's fully voice acted which is very cool um they have mechanics in there where you um you, so you can only take kind of mass effect you can only take two team members with you on particular missions and like all of them are voice acted all of them have the like, oh, if this person's in your team, then you get slightly different dialogue from this section and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's all there. Like, there's an immense amount of dialogue in this game. Um, yeah, and it's just super engaging. Like, the stories in there. I, there's a, I wish this game had come out this year because there's a definite running for best moment that I will tell you off air because um, mm. I want to spoil stuff. But there's a super... Like, it's funny. It's, like... It's, yeah, 2018. Yes, yeah. I remember seeing oh, it in 2018, yeah. going, "Oh God, Watch It I are still going. I should play that." And then I, I finally just picked it up because I was, I'd run out of stuff to play. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. I'm super enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. The only, the only maybe downside is not not visual, but the animations. There's a sense of it's weird. It sounds super picky, but once you've seen it like three or four times, like their sense of timing is really weird where it feels like animations start and like big non-standard animations like kind of start and stop very quickly so like somebody will get somebody will get um somebody will get stabbed for instance right and Mm. they'll like the stab animation will happen they'll fall over very quick and then more dialogue will kick off like it feels like there's not like a breathing room on either side of stuff happening you think triggers are a bit too fast or something? Yeah, it feels oh, like right. it's yeah. yeah, it feels like there's not a lot of of yeah, there's no room for a lot of this stuff to breathe that feels like especially some of the, the kind of impactful moments like need a little bit of room on either side before somebody goes, What the fuck has happened? Like it feels a little bit too quick. Yeah. Um but apart from that, like yeah, super enjoying it. It's well worth a look if you like that kind of stuff. And also like it has a lot of the um the modern help. Uh, or assistant features on that a lot of these adventure games have where if you hold down the right mouse button it'll show you everything interactable on screen oh that's good yeah if you can talk to any of your team is there any of the like you have to rub items together to get them to like make a new item or anything no like that, i mean a couple just... of times but it's relatively obvious and nothing's been too like i haven't looked anything up for instance uh like i haven't had to mm. use a guide or anything like that like um it has the thing where you can talk to your team members and go, what do you think we should do next? And it will guide you subtly towards oh, okay, yeah, that's good. what's yeah. there. Um, yeah, it's it's very cool. I, I I am now, I now want to go back and play some of those old um, Gemini Rue games I never got never got a chance to play. Um, those guys know what they're doing. Yeah, excellent. Watch it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been focusing on. Um, there's a couple other things, but I'm not deep enough into them really to talk about. Yeah. Um, Bob, yourself? Uh, so I don't have a lot. Um, I've just kind of typically been like playing a bunch of Apex and like throwing in some Destiny every so often. Sure. I mean, we can talk about that Destiny event. That was a thing that happened. Yeah, have you recovered um, from the world-shaking events that happened over the course of two fucking, hours? It was like it was like such a good idea, and then it lasted two hours, and I just yep. I couldn't like it was the 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 whole idea of it was supposed to be that 
So the like whole, for for setup, this is the culmination of the season, basically. The whole season, yeah, where the the start of the season was like, oh shit, there's this giant ship coming to crash towards Earth. So they turn on the the super war AI that is like supposed to protect humanity and is like fix this problem. So he fixes it by launching a bunch of ordnance satellites into the sky to fire missiles at it. And yesterday was supposed to be the culmination of that of let's watch Rasputin blow up the Almighty, the big ship. Mm-hmm. And put out tweets, and everybody was like, "Be in the tower at six because that's when it's going to start." Yeah. And, and we were and like, like, "Okay." They were, they were that explicit. Like there was a because yeah. they hadn't have done that. There was a couple of situations where you're like, "Oh, maybe we're in the wrong place because there's potential bunch of places that this could be." Yeah, like you could you could have been in the bunkers. Or, yeah, could have been in the bunkers. You could have been on the aisle. Said, like, be at the tower at six o'clock yeah. or six be at the tower at time. six o'clock GMT or BST. BST it was like yeah. ten AM PDT. Um, yeah, be in the tower at six. So at six, we were in the tower, and the Almighty was big in the sky, like big thing blocking out the sun. Can I say, like, um, despite despite what we're about to say about the event, like it was kind of cool to spawn into the tower and to see everyone like just staring at the sky, including like yeah, NPCs, like all the NPCs and like yeah. all the people who have normally been standing there. Chats were all like, "Oh God, look yeah. at it!" But um, um, that bit was cool. Yeah, so it was cool seeing that, and it got there, and then six o'clock came around, and nothing happened. Yep, or like. Okay, it was set and wait for half six. Nothing happened. It was about, it was about like, half past the first. Yeah, like, so then at half six, we it started to get noticed that there were like red lines in the sky. Yeah, which when you looked at it was probably just like the ordinances being fired from the satellite. So it was just like streams of red in the sky from like above it and below it. Yep. But they were taking their time getting there, and then after another twenty minutes, so like ten to seven or something like that. They were getting really close, and then at seven o'clock, the explosion started. So, like little explosions all across the Almighty, which is like big horizontal ships of like all over it. And then nothing happened. And then at like quarter past seven, there was like bigger explosions right in the middle of the Almighty. Um, and then nothing happened. And then at half seven, the actual event happened where the middle of the Almighty, not detached, but like got blown up to where the wings were still in the sky. And then the middle bit came flying down close to the tower and there were like bits of shrapnel flying off and hitting things and then the almighty crashed and they on the earth and there was a big old explosion and then that was kind of it um and you could load into a new tower instance and it was like a chunk taken out the tower next to zavala and stuff i was seeing people some like, people oh, we did it. i was seeing some people talk about there are more chunks like there are bits sure. missing, yeah, yeah. maybe um but that was it and like for them to say like be there at six you could have logged in at like twenty past seven and gotten the idea. Yeah, and we yep. just sat there and watched it. And it's just like I, I like the effort. Like I like the idea. Like live events totally. in Destiny are really cool, especially when they're they're doing this whole we wanted to be a changing world sort of idea. Yeah, um, live events are great, but just do it faster. Like don't tell people to be there at six when nothing happens until yeah. like quarter past seven yeah. like that is- especially when like following twitter and reddit and stuff like that while this was happening like people were getting kicked for being idle people were mm. being kicked for, or people were just crashing out like you need to get in there show the thing you need to show and get out like and again mm. like if you if you say be there at six like there was a there was a tweet going around from some like a source inside Bungie that was saying like oh this is like a, a a grace period for people who have come in late and you're like 
like I knew it was happening at six, so I turned up at ten two, being like, "Let's make sure I'm installed. Let's make sure I've got all the patches, yeah. like, all this kind of stuff. Like, let's make sure it's there." Um, so for it then to take ninety minutes to get to the point where it's like something's happening, it feels like they, it feels like a miscalculation. Like again, super appreciate yeah. the idea, but it feels like a horrible miscalculation. And then, for- oh yeah, like I, 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 like I said, I really like the idea. I think they just need to be faster like that's the, the whole then, thing and then for the end result to be hampered by like mechanical things of being like oh you need to reload the instance to see the chunks take yeah. and then get the emblem and stuff like that like that should have just happened or we should have all been kicked out to the lobby or uh, kicked out to orbit or like something like that like um i can't remember it was something in the group we were in with suggested like we should have all just been killed like hit by the shock. Yeah, and... like that. That that would have been a really cool idea, especially when we had like like we were sitting on it with a person with an astrophysics degree, so that we were just asking yeah. them a bunch of questions. Is like based on where that thing is, like we all should have just been dead. Like yeah, based Which... on the, the impact on the Earth and stuff. But it would have been, yeah, the... it would have been really smart if the thing had crashed to Earth and the shockwave had been enough to like knock everybody to death. Yeah, and then when you respawn. The tower instance resets, so totally. that you could then come back to this new tower. That would have been cool. That would have yeah. been hard to do, I guess. But which se- which says a lot about how long this thing was taking. That we had we had an astrophysicist trying to work out how far away it was. Like we could do that math. Like it was very yeah, slow. He sat, he sat and figured out how how big it was and how far away it was, and therefore how dead we all were. And it turns out we were really fucking dead. We were super but, dead. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't um, do that in that world, but yeah. So the next, uh, the next step is like the Tuesday reset, right? Like it's. Well, no. The next step, the next step is their their big push for next season, which is oh, starts so on Tuesday. Right, that's the next season starts on Tuesday, right? Um, but they've come out, they've come out with trailers and stuff, and the trailers are all really good, which is annoying because they mm. build hype for the season. Um, which I really, I really want the season to be good, especially because the whole community is on like a knife edge. But yep. the trailers are really cool. Um, and what they've said is we're not talking about the season until an hour before it launches. So that's how they're. That's a, that's a that's a bar, that's a gamble. That's a real real gamble. big yeah real big gamble. Really big roll of the dice about whether or not this is going to be. And this is also like a really big point to launch because this is the season before the big expansion. Yeah. So you've got to launch a whole bunch of story to get into the big season when the the darkness show up and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a really pivotal season, and for them to be like, we're not going to talk about it until an hour, and then you're just going to be able to roll in and play it. I yeah. like the idea. Totally, it's a cool idea because it stops this whole cycle of people being like, "Oh my god, this is just going to be another public event driven by bounties." Like, what the fuck is this and all but that like, stuff? Like, if they then do this, people go. But if they then do this and it's a bunch of public events driven by bounties, like I mean, it's probably it's probably going to be which is going to turn people off. But that's the they they can't like after the shit. They I suppose after all of the Seraph Tower stuff happened in the previous season, they were probably too far along with this season to make any substantial changes, right? Probably, yeah, yeah. You would imagine like the the, the the idea is that the this season is the last season of the cycle that would have been with Activision, so it's like right. Sure. The styling is probably going to be very similar. So when they get into the new season, it's probably going to be maybe a public event, maybe a menagerie style event, but it's probably going to be bounty driven. It's probably going to have some stuff that people don't like in it. Because yeah. like everybody that everybody that I know, including myself, uh, are doing 
the prep work for next season, which is hoarding a lot of bounties and waiting for the season pass to drop so that you can then cash them all in. Yep. Um, but who knows? Like that's who knows what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that's probably going to be it, and I'll be like, interested I, to see what happens on Tuesday. Yeah, I can't decide if the fact that it's immediately bef- the, this is the last one before the big before the fall update whether the that means, fall expansion yeah. whether that means it's going to be heavy on story or light on story right because it ha- it has to be substantial not super heavy but they have to do some work like they have to oh yeah totally but like yeah they have to set up the major players and get them into a position where they're like here's what we're going to do when the darkness shows up and then have the darkness show up in the new season but they they have there is a lot of work to get to that position because there's like four or five major people that all have to be involved but that's the thing like they've all not of that said anything about one of them hasn't even been in the game for like three seasons true so we don't know what the fuck is gonna happen so like but but the thing is like that could all be done in cutscenes and be separate from the yeah, actual yeah, game yeah, yeah. is what i mean like at least like even though people didn't like the seraph towers like it was still like a bunch of new assets a new thing like a new thing to do it was like there was, there was new stuff in there right yeah, it 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 really depends if they're how much of this is going to be like story that is running parallel to whatever it is that they're going to get you to do this season. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, we'll need to see because that like the, yeah. the Almighty was no a idea. good. We still don't even know what the season's called. Like, no, we don't have a exactly. name for the season yet. It's so we can't even speculate about what it could be. Like, yeah. it's and there's been yeah. like because it's, it's kind of unknown at the minute whether the trailers we've seen are for the new season, right? Or whether they're for like, whatever the fall the, thing is going to be. Well, no, because the, the, the trailers all end with the reveal is happening at But they're talking about... Tuesday, the next, which has talk- to be the next... But they're talking about the next season and the fall thing, right? I don't think they're talking about the fall thing. I think they're just talking oh, about I, the next season. Okay, maybe I misread something somewhere, but like my my indication was like they're going to talk about this season the and two, the, the into- two The two are linked like they have to be linked so it'd be yeah. hard to talk about one without the other i guess but sure. that's the the general idea is that they're going to talk about what's happening next season makes or, sense like how it's going to develop but okay who knows like it's a yeah. weird it's a weird thing it is a weird um time. the other thing that i can quickly talk about um because there's not actually a lot to say about it because it's fairly not bland but there's not a lot to it um i played or i have been playing a lot of this game called dauntless um, oh, okay, sure. Which is a f- basically like a free-to-play Monster Hunter game. Yes. Um, it is, it is, but it is not like it's it's nowhere near as like in depth as like a Monster Hunter game. It's like um, baby's first Monster Hunter sort of game. Sure. Um, to put it, it's, that doesn't give it enough credit, but it is like there is Monster Hunter, which has a lot of like mechanics and data-driven like gear setups and stuff like that. Whereas this thing is a lot of hey you're fighting a monster of this element do this thing and then Mm -hmm. that's kind of it there's not a lot of like counterplay um so what it is is a a kind of it's a free-to-play cartoony monster hunting game but it is very pick up and drop like it's not there's a lot of investment you could put into monster hunter like monster hunter world there's a lot of stuff you could do in that Mm -hmm. dauntless seems like it's very designed to be like quick play pick up do a couple of hunts drop it again like there's not a lot of depth to it a lot of the stuff is very cursory um is all if you are fighting this thing that is a fire monster you want to wear 
fireproof armor and use a nice yeah. weapon and then that's kind of the 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 brunt of the prep work like that's kind of all you sure. have to do um but it, it is it is cool for what it is i'll tell you um, from, still from, have... the, from the outside it like having never played monster hunter like those fights look identical to me like i can't so the, the the fights the fight the actual physical playing of the game is very similar to monster hunter it's a lot about reading monster attack animations knowing when you can press for damage when you have to back off like chipping bits off of it like cutting tails and stuff like that like that's all still there so looking at it and every weapon in it has its own unique mechanic or style or thing that it does right like monster hunter does so for example the the weapon that i use the most are the strikers which are just like fists effectively go punch stuff um but their unique mechanic is they have like a meter that fills in based on the combo that you're doing mm-hmm. so there's like three three bars and each one of your combos fills up one of these bars and based on the number of bars that you have you can do a special attack so like if you charge one bar you get a buff you can activate it to get a buff that increases your attack speed but if you do two then it's like a big attack that puts a debuff on the enemy but if it's three it's like a massive hadoken blast right so it becomes about like managing these bars and so you're changing which combo you're doing to manage these bars which is interesting because there's not actually like that sort of system in Monster Hunter that I can think of. I've not played all the weapons, but there's not like a do combos to build this to then do like unleash it as like a big attack other than like um, maybe some of the charge weapons and stuff like that. But that's kind of it. Right. Um, so it still has all that stuff. Actually physically playing it is very Monster Hunter because it is that like it is just understand what your weapon can do, understand what the monster can do and do everything you can to counter one with the other mm-hmm. um it's the cursory stuff around it that is like crafting is very similar because it is just like you need to break these parts off the monster to get this bit to build the thing which is the monster hunter thing yeah sure of like oh you can't you can't build this without this tail so you have to go and get the tail off the monster um but everything else where it's like you can in monster hunter where you're like looking at um okay well this monster has like a lot of like like specific armored parts or things that it will do in reaction to specific stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of that. There is like armor and stuff you have to worry about, but it's not as in depth as like you need to break this part of the armor to do this thing, or there's this other thing that you have to worry about where if it if you get into the rage state, it'll start doing this. Like it is there's a lot more to Monster Hunter, but it is like what I would say about Dauntless is that it's very if you want to get into a Monster Hunter style game, but you don't want to play Monster Hunter because it's kind of intimidating, and yeah. I can totally understand that because Monster Hunter is really intimidating. Dauntless is like a very good start point of like you'll get the idea of what this thing is to then potentially graduate into doing right actual Monster Hunter. Because that would be um, the que- that would be the question where if the because I because again I I don't have a lot of interest in Monster Hunter. It's just not what I mm. enjoy doing, but. I definitely see that there's an approach to, or that there's a, there's a way. The fun part of that game is the is, or the interesting part of that game is the prep work, right? Where it's like, okay, here's yeah. what we're here's what we're hunting. We're going to get together as a group. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. We're going to equip yeah. this thing. We're going to brew these potions, all that kind of stuff, and then going yep. in and doing this hour long fight against this creature. If you strip a lot of that out into this game, like what, like 
is this really just Monster Hunter Light, or is it like, yeah, is it even just? There's... So what is it? What is it you're getting out of it if you don't have any of so, that? So yeah, the thing that you get out of it, or the thing that I always found interesting in Monster Hunter, wasn't the. I enjoyed playing it with my friends, obviously, and like doing the prep work and stuff. But the thing that I got out of it was the raw tactical mechanics of like, I have I have this thing that I know I can do. I know what this monster can do. How can I do the thing that I need to do to this monster while worrying about what it has? And Dauntless still has that. Like it still has the, I have these fists. I know what these fists are good at and I know how they're going to interact with the monster. I just make sure need to make sure that I don't fuck it up in some way to where I die or where I'm not useful. And it still has that in spades because all the weapons are all unique and they all have different things like different damage types and different things they can do well. So it, It's just about how you execute on it. And so that the, is the, the that's the thing I always found interesting. Are the creatures still like complicated? Like are they still got like multiple yeah. phases and they still do... They, they, they don't have phases but they do have like different attack patterns and different things that they can do. It's still very much like a read the animation sort of thing. Like, I know if this thing is going to, like, if it jumps in a certain way, I know then it's going to shoot out its fireball attack, or if it starts darting around, I right, know what right. it's going to do. So it's about how you can interact with it based on that. Okay. Um, which is the thing I always find interesting in Monster Hunter, and it's still interesting in this. Um, it's just Monster Hunter has a lot more trappings around it that make it a bigger game. Dauntless sure. is very focused, I guess would be the word. It is very much the, how quickly can that thing can that game get you into doing the hunt and just right. going killing the monster? So what? Um, so what's the what's the free to playness of it? Is it all cosmetic? Is it? Yeah. So the the is free to play. It has a battle pass that you can pay. There's 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 in game currency. There's pay for currency. There's a battle pass that you can pay for with the pay for currency. There's a free track that you get stuff with. But if you obviously pay for it, then you get all the stuff in the paid track, which is mm-hmm. more stuff. Um. You gain XP by doing bounties, which have their own currency that you get from the the battle pass, which is like, I think it's like you pay one and then they give you a choice of three bounties that you can do. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, it's all cosmetic stuff. There's not like, I don't think there's, there's like boosts, like XP boosts and stuff like that, but it's not crazy. Like it's the same sort of thing that every other battle pass has. Cool. There's nothing that's going to give you like a stupid advantage. Okay. Um, but it's just like if if you want to pay for it, there's some cool looking armor and stuff in there if you want it. Like that's, sure. that's kind of it. Cool. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of it's been kind of like a weird sort of like chill out game. Like jump on for 10, 15 minutes, hunt a couple of stuff, jump off again. Nice. It's like do what you want. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of it. Um, so before we go into news, I believe it is on you to give us our musical break that yeah. we always have. Um, there was a couple of things that I was going to look at but i couldn't get the uh soundtrack's not actually out yet so i went back and i briefly mentioned last uh last time we recorded that i'd been playing transistor again so i'm gonna take (laughs) it's gonna be one of the old standbys isn't it yeah well actually you know what i looked it up we've only ever done one track from transistor so oh okay sure oh yeah we've done like three tracks from bastion that's why bastion we did a couple um so yeah so this is the spine from the transistor soundtrack which is i think was the the best soundtrack of that year right completely uncontented and there was no arguments at all i can't even remember what year that was like that was the year of that was the year where we had the argument about is either transistor or the game about the lighthouse 
Um, oh, Fisherman's Tale. No, no, no. Uh, no, that's game about the, the lighthouse. Game, the, the the one from the guys that did Device Six. Um, yeah, is that not called Fisherman's Tale? No, it, that's no. called. Oh, what is that called? Fisherman's Tale was that VR game? Sailor's Dream. Sailor's, Sailor's Dream. Dream. Thank you. Called. It was between those oh, two. Oh yeah, games. fuck you. Yeah, Sailor's Dream was way better after that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, another one we've done a bunch. Of, have we done a music from that? Not a bunch. We've done. We've done one or two. We have done. done okay. Bunch. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So this is Spain from the Transistor soundtrack. Um, check post for links so you can buy the soundtrack, and we'll be back with some news after this. Just Spine from the Transistor soundtrack. Uh, check post for links so you can pick that up. Um, very quickly before we jump into news, I'll just say very briefly that I've been playing uh, Warzone, the Modern Warfare Battle Royale game. Oh yeah, just because. Yeah. Well, partly because I wanted. To, I really. I last week I really wanted to play a shooter, like a like a serious proper shooter, and there's basically <laughs> nothing out there that I could play. And then I remembered Warzone. I see well, like a like a fast paced like not destiny basically like I wanted right, like okay. a uh, something else and uh, I was like oh I should play it in Warzone because I haven't played it's the only battle royale thing I haven't really played yet and it's free and I should just try it that thing is a hundred and eight gig to yep. download mm-hmm. what the fuck like it's huge so the only thing I don't know is because I was I I because I kind of want to play the campaign from that game as well um but it's still like sixty quid. Like it's actually sick. Yeah. Like that's not an exaggeration. It is fifty nine ninety nine yep. on the store, which is still fucking mm-hmm. wild. Like, if I buy that, is there another hundred gig download for the campaign, or is it just? Like, oh, I have no idea. Or have no they? Idea. Have I just downloaded everything and they just only unlock it when they like? Has this got all the multiplayer maps in it as well? And we just like. I would hope so. I would hope that it's all there. I and... don't understand how this thing's a hundred. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I don't understand. I don't know. Warzone's fun. There's a lot. of ideas in there that i kind of like um the fact that the warm-up phase or whatever it's called in these games uh gives you xp like it just turns into like a like a minute and a half multiplayer modern warfare match where you get oh yeah i've seen that yeah the prep thing yeah Yeah. and they just drop you with uh they drop you with a random loadout it's just like i don't know try this gun and it's it's pretty good um the gulag works really well which is a sentence that is terrifying to say out loud, but like the the fact that like once you die, you go you go to this other area where they just do one on one fights, and then if you win, yeah. you go back in for one go. Like that's worked a bunch of times. They've added bounty, and eh, no, they're not called bounties; they're called contracts. 
I can't remember, but it's Contracts, like, yeah. so it's like there are random objectives scattered around the map that you can pick up for more XP. So like one of them is like assassinate this player specifically. That was fun because it was just like, um, there's one of them where I picked it up and it pointed to the player and it just, it just does like a circle on the map saying they're in here or somewhere. And it, but the circle was basically this entire house was a circle. So it's just me very cautiously like stalking around this house trying to find this person. Yeah. That was really, really good. Um, I mean, I've seen the, the contract stuff go two ways, which is either you get really stocky and like try and like splinter sell that and like try and get them unaware, or it's people turning up on ATVs and just running over people. Like, oh yeah, the, totally. I mean, if they're out, yeah. if they're out in, in if they're out in the field, then yes, like that's probably your safest bet is to charge them with a vehicle. Um, but it gives a kind of. I like the fact that it gives like a secondary object or not even like a secondary, like another objective that's not just survive that is beneficial, that gives yeah. you the XP and the yeah. money. Like, because otherwise, like, because I think Warzone's what, 150 people, I think it is? I can't in a remember. map, something like that, some huge number. So like, if all that happens is you land, you raid a few houses and then run to the middle, like th- that map's huge. So there's not a lot of real, like there's a lot of downtime, at least with the contracts, like you're doing stuff on the way there. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I might pick up the battle pass. I'll see how. It, I don't know. I, I'm kind of into that in a weird way. Um, but yeah, that was the other thing. Just a bunch of words Um So news. Um, I thought it might be beneficial very quickly to just catch people up on. Since we talked at the start about E3 not happening, about what streams yeah. are actually happening as mm-hmm. coming up. So, um, the IGN Expo starts on june 8th which is next week so that's basically like they're doing a bunch of game reveals and interviews and all that kind of stuff over the course of i think a month um so that starts june 8th now um the gorilla collective is a indie kind of mid-sized studio group uh greg miller from kind of funny is leading that and he's doing stuff in the weekend of now june 13th which is some mid smaller mid-sized stuff um, for instance, they're talking to um, 11-Bit Studios, they're talking to Larian, so there's probably going to be some Baldur's Gate stuff in there. Yep. They're talking to Versus Evil, who are the Pillars of Eternity people. The Disco Elysium people are going to get interviewed as well there, so there's some Wait, stuff in there you want to see. Wait, what? Who? The Pillars of Eternity people? What? That's Obsidian. <laughs> versus Evil, the pillar, the people behind the Banner oh, Saga and Pillars those of guys, Eternity. right, yeah, they did too. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, sorry, it's two. I didn't realize two is a different studio. That was apologies. Thanks. Yeah, versus yeah. evil. I think only did two. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, PC gaming show is happening uh, June thirteenth, which is basically the same stream it would be doing. It's still day nine doing it. Um, cool. The, the Steam Game Festival is now June sixteenth uh, to twenty second, which is not a stream. Well, it's, there's Jeff Keighley's doing part of it, but um, the main thing for most people will be they're doing um, the same thing they did for their Spring Games Festival which I did a video for for the site, where they're basically putting out a bunch of limited time demos for a bunch of stuff that's coming up. Um, mm. It's worth probably worth keeping an eye on that. Um, and also this year, Microsoft are going to be part of it, suggesting that there could be demos for some first-party stuff for Microsoft coming up, oh, which is yeah. interesting. Um, CD Projekt Red have a, a, a Cyberpunk stream... Um, they get their own stream because it's cyberpunk and yeah it's not even just a stream like this is uh oh no sorry it's it's a day it's june 25th at some time um now for their the night city wire june july august remember three months before the game comes out theoretically 
Um, EA, June 18th. Uh, Ubisoft, July 12th. Microsoft have something in July, but they haven't announced yet. And then, obviously, the PlayStation 1, uh, PS5 one that was supposed to happen the day you're listening to this, theoretically, um, has been delayed, and they haven't given us a second day for that. Um, Is there anything else in here that's, that's worth looking at? Sega are doing a stream. What? Why? The new, game, the new Game Plus Expo, June 23rd at 11am ET. What does Sega do? I Sega joining, according to this Kotaku article, Sega is joining with Koei Tecmo, Nice, nice America, Nice, Nice America, nice. and a bunch of other publishers from Japan and North America to share new game announcements, interviews, and gameplay demos in a digital showcase it's calling the New Game Plus Expo. That's all okay. the information we have. Okay. Uh, is that the Sega publish uh, the Yakuza games, don't they? So I wonder if we get a... Oh, you know, you know better than I do. I don't know. I think they might. I wonder if we get a date for Yakuza 7 or Like a Dragon, whatever it's called these days. Yeah, I guess Like a Dragon. Yeah. Um, get your tactical lobsters. Yeah, so there's some other stuff There's some other stuff um, that hasn't been announced yet that theoretically will happen. Like Devolver Digital usually do something... Um, oh yeah, we need to see the next chapter in the E3 Devolver Digital the verse. Nina, the Nina, Nina Richards is that the fake? I think, CEO that yeah, the the robot now. She's yeah. like part cyborg or yes. I can't remember how the last one ended, but yeah, she yeah crazy. she became Robocop. I think at the end of the last one, I can't remember. Yeah, um, there was a rumor, or I can't remember. I think maybe it was Jason Schreier. I can't remember, but somebody said basically when E3 got cancelled, he tweeted out something that. Warner Brothers were going to be doing a stage show instead of one of the other instead of one of the companies that pulled out at that point. So maybe Warner Brothers have some stuff to show. Yeah, because they they said they were going to, or the rumor was that they were going to talk uh, Batman. Yeah, like some, some Batman, Batman thing. thing. Yeah, I wonder if they even do that, considering or they they probably are going to have to go after. My guess is they have to go after the platforms announce, yeah, so that they can then yeah, talk so- about yes, this is PS Five and Series X, you know. And Square Enix haven't talked about anything yet, and you would assume they have something, considering they've they've been at E3 a bunch. Yeah. Um. And, and, uh, um oh yeah, sorry, no, that's another thing. Never mind. <laughs> what is it? Sorry. I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna talk about um Konami, but they already had their thing, like the one thing that they still have. Did they announced? Well, they did, they did that Dead by Daylight thing. That, oh, right. Yes, they did. They did that. Which, yes. which, I, which I only stopped from talking about because there was going to be another news item, but I'll I, we can talk about it now, I guess. Um, yeah, the first thing that has come out of Silent Hill since a pachinko machine, Yes, I guess. That was that um, pachinko machine. I can't remember if that or the Metal Gear one came first, but that was the first indication of like, oh, Konami doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they've now, but they've now started doing stuff, and the one thing that they've announced is that in June, the next chapter of Dead by Daylight, which is the game I watch a lot of and haven't yep. played yet, but we're gonna play it now that this comes out. So that's yes. gonna be interesting. Um, that's gonna be fun as like a sort of execution thing of like I've seen people do this. I wonder if I can do it. Totally. But that's gonna be strange. Um, they announced that the next killer for Dead by Daylight is gonna be Pyramid Head, and that the next survivor is Heather Mason. And uh, all the school is a map, I think. It's yeah, the school, from- the school is the map uh, for this chapter, which is just the Silent Hills chapter, uh, which is really fucking weird, considering yeah. that they've not said anything about Silent Hills for years. Um, 
It's been and, a real thing, like led led to the creation of like Death Stranding and all that stuff. Like totally. it's a it's been a weird, weird situation. It's been a weird ha- like start of the year for somebody for a Silent Hill fan like myself to have Akira Yamoka attach his name to another game which looks a lot like Silent Hill. And oh yeah. For Pyramid Head and Heather Mason to come back and be like, I think Akira Yamoka because Akira Yamoka did a remix of the Dead by Daylight theme for that. Really? Time. Huh. Yeah. Okay, sure. And it sounds pretty cool. Um, okay. It sounds very Akira Yamoka, but it is very interesting. Good. Um, I want to. I want to hear that. Uh, yeah. So the that Silent Hill stuff is on the. I can't remember what Daylight uh, Dead by Daylight calls PTB, it, but the PTB, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, the the public test build is up. I've been watching some people play it. It seems cool. It seems very yeah. good. It's, um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting because it is like the. It's going it's to be the driver of us playing that game, yep. and that's going to be really sure. interesting. Yep, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. Because you don't you don't know anything about that game, whereas Again, I do. I, I've been watched. Be I've watched a couple weird. of streams and seen what it involves, and it seems like it seems like another one of those games that has a bunch of like capital letter terms of like oh, oh yeah. Um, There's a lot of both in in game capital letter words and then a lot of like community driven yeah. capital letter things that seeing people talk about. Game, front. If they're on their second or third hook and stuff like that, yeah, like, okay, sure. Second or third talking about their jungle gym loops and stuff like that. Like that's yep. the. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm fascinated. I'm to excited see, to play it. Yeah. I'm fascinated to get into a game like that that has all of this stuff pre-existing, like, and just to see how the fuck you I, even work around it. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how friendly it is to people trying to learn it. But totally. who knows? Um. Uh, Paradox Interactive have signed a collective bargaining agreement with their labor union with labor unions. So I don't want to say they're the first, but they're definitely one of the highest profile that I know of so far that have uh, games companies that have signed a a, a union a, a union deal, um, which is cool. Good. Paradox are Sweden. Yes, Sweden. Uh, yes, they are. I'm looking at the yeah. press release now. Uh, so okay, and, cool. and Paradox are what's are they Stellaris? No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lost, Lost, Stellaris, yeah. Yeah. Lot of strategy games. Lots Crusader, of- Crusader Kings, Stellaris, all the big, the massive strategy games that need a hundred quid worth of DLC to actually play properly. Like that is yep. the that is the paradox game. Um, their statement from their chief human resources officer. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, in 20 plus years since we've been in operation, Paradox has been a growing company, but that growth has been especially dramatic in the last few years. An organization of our size has different needs and we must ensure that employees continue to feel valued and empowered to shape our company even as our structure shifts towards larger teams and projects. We're proud both as a Swedish company and a member of the games industry to add our name to the roster of companies who support unionization. Cool, good. Cool, good um, for them. And applies to all of their Sweden studios, which is Paradox Interactive, Development Studio, Arctic and Malmo. All of them are, are involved in this. Which is cool. Cool. Always good to see. Yep. Um, the... Next uh, rundown from GTFO starts on tu- uh, Thursday, <laughs> next Thursday. Did the Warden the- tweet out when the rundown is happening? Yes, he did, actually. Um, so the Vessel is what it's called. Uh, this is the third rundown for this game. And like you said, I'm sure I mentioned this before, when GTFO puts out a new rundown, which is basically a series of levels and a campaign, if you want to talk about it, um, yeah. the old campaign goes away. Like it is no longer valid, and they've basically they've doubled down on that. Like somebody asked them directly, and it was like, "We do a bunch of new shit in every one of these that breaks old stuff, and we can't keep the old stuff up, so we just get rid of it." Um, so it's a new environment, 
um, a bunch of new weapons, a new enemy, and also they're adding. This is the first real push they're doing for lore and story in the game. And um, there's going to be a bunch. They've got a writer in from. Oh, I can't remember, but they've worked on narrative games before. But they have a proper writer in doing doing lore stuff now, which is cool. Um, and yeah, like my GTFO team will be there on Thursday, diving into this thing. <laughs> And dying with, over and over again. Yeah, with absolutely zero like, and it's it's. It, I have really enjoyed going into those things knowing absolutely nothing, and it's been very cool. And it's a it's a very interesting. It's game. fascinating. Like it's um, fascinating thing to look at. Yeah, and they're also saying uh, just to confirm they're not putting matchmaking or voice communication in this build. Um, there was original. I think the aim was going to be the third rundown was going to have that stuff, but they they've said they will not make it in this this rundown. Sure. So it'll be later on. Under- understandable considering the state. That of the world. shit is hard. That shit is yeah, hard also. Hard um so yeah, I am um, I will report back on how that went last time. Um this this quote from the Steam announcement. Um As tradition has been, we don't want to show you too much and let you enjoy most of the stuff for the first time in game. However, we can tell you that one of the developer's younger family members have been involved in recording the sounds coming out of the new horrifying <laughs> creature. So that'll be fucking great. Yeah. They're recording babies for that shit. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the I also did some digging around. Uh, there's a VR mod for that game, which is high, like nope. not in any way official, but I just want to see nope. what the fuck that is. And not interested. Will, I'm, I'm not either. I will do the, the initial room and then be like, okay, I'm done. <coughs> because, yeah, fuck that in VR. Yeah, um, do not want to play that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have here... Are you ready to hear the latest nonsense fucking software development term you will ever hear? Sure. So, you're familiar with cloud computing? Cloud computing uh, being... Yeah, it's where everything goes up into the sky and lives there. Yes. So, yes, yeah. basically. Um, so, cloud computing, just to explain what the new term would be, cloud computing <laughs> being, being a computer that is remote from yourself, where all the processing happens and data comes back to your... That where all the primary, yeah. like the heavy lifting happens off-site somewhere else that you don't really need to know specifically, but it's somewhere else. So Sega have this announced... Is your, this is your like Stadia, right? Like that's cloud computing. That is one use of cloud computing. Like, yeah, um, yeah that's that is one use of cloud computing. So you just to give a physical example that it's is relevant. Stadia. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. I can't quite think. AWS being the cloud computing solution for Amazon, like that kind of stuff. That is that's cloud computing. Cloud computing can basically be replaced anywhere with someone else's computer. That's how it yeah. works. So Sega have announced a new technology for their um, arcades in Japan. So they're basically saying, I'm just trying to get there. Um, like the the club Segas? Is that what you're saying? Yes, or basically any of the Sega arcade machines specifically. Right. Okay. Um, so they've announced this thing that they're calling fog computing. <laughs> fog okay. computing is like cloud computing, but closer to you, basically. Okay. What it appears to be saying is that their arcade machines, if I'm reading this right, it's translated from a fam- from its article. Basically what it looks like is the servers that they're running um, in arcades can also be used to then stream the game to homes. So rather than it being like in some AWS somewhere server somewhere, it's in an arcade, which is theoretically closer to end users. And theoretically, that means that the arcade cabinets that you will be playing with will also be running, all the heavy lifting will be done in a central server 
and farms to the actual cabinets that you would sit in front of and play. Right. So it's fog computing okay. because rather than the clouds being far away, the clouds are very close to you, hence fog. I okay. hate this. I That's hate a bad it. term. Yeah. Um but it does make a lot of like just business and hardware sense where arcade machines has anyone who's looked to try and buy one are fucking expensive and especially the ones driving modern games they're like they're super powerful machines that they have because they have to be to drive what they're doing and there's already a thing like in japan where a lot of and in other places as well where the there are central servers for all this stuff so like was it the last tekken game or something like that where like you can play the home version with arcade cabinets because they're all talking to the same central server. Yeah, I something think it was like something like that. That sounds right. And basically what they're saying is, yeah, so basically what they're saying is we're going to move all that hardware into a nondescript box that will live in the ba- the behind the scenes in an arcade and then the cabinets themselves are just dumb terminals that will stream from this internal this internal cloud almost. Um, so it makes a lot of physical sense. This is the dumbest fucking name for a thing I think I've ever seen. But they're calling it Fog Gaming, capital F, capital G. This is Sega's Fog. latest. Yep. Oh, that's great. Um, that's such a stupid <laughs> So basically what they're saying is, and this is from the Kotaku article, we were talking about it. Um, one of the merits of the system is that it efficiently uses the arcade computing power. Now when arcade games aren't being played or the game centers are closed to the day, that power is idle, meaning that power can then be used to stream that game to the home, to other places, to... All that kind of stuff but they're basically wow, saying okay. this is coming so cool idea dumb fucking name yeah yeah um yep. i think that's everything i have uh there was a um there's a new valorant hero agent operator what are they called yeah, reina reina operator operator uh coming is she, soon is, is she, she out she's out she, she was out when the game got released which was oh sure that's actually out. tuesday yeah i should play that i should at least see what that is and just Fuck around in it for a little bit and see what it, see what it's like. I, it's not the sort of game you can really fuck around in. No, but totally. Yeah, sure but I want to. I want to. Enough people that I follow who have not done Counter Strike in years are playing that game a lot, and I was like, okay, it's, yeah, it's it's very um, very Counter Strike. Like the article that was a bit, it, it was a bit not inflammatory, but it was very like um, overstated. Uh, that Kotaku wrote that was like. Valorant's taking a shot at the king and it probably won't miss. And I was like, well, you're kind of right, but it's not really the same thing. They're very similar. But By king, do you mean, do they mean Counter-Strike? Counter-Strike, yeah. Right. Which is like, I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to do anything to Counter-Strike. It's like not... Like, yeah, Counter-Strike's, Counter-Strike is so embedded at this point, I think. Yeah. There's not going to be a, yeah, there's not going to be a separate, yeah, it's going to be a different thing. Um, cool. I think that's everything I have. Unless you have anything else, yeah, um, we'll see. So, what's coming up? So, like I said, there's those streams that are coming up for the next couple of weeks. That so there'll be a bunch of news, basically, probably next time. Um, I want to get back into. I want to keep going with Space Haven. I want to. There's something else coming out. Fuck. What? Something else. I want to play some Valorant, and I want yeah. to play more Warzone, just because it's there. I might, you know, what, I may end up just doing more YJI games because I, I, I really want to go back and play Gemini Rue now because I've forgotten how good those games were. Um, it was a cool thing. Yeah, Gemini Rue was a cool thing. 
Um, site stuff, we should do some with Space Haven because I think you'd be into that game as well. Um, sure, yeah. And there's another game. Oh, I can't remember. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, and the GTFO Things. rundown. Say yeah. Things. Things, Things are going to happen. Things are happening. Um, so yeah, com is the website where you can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts will be up there. We're on youtube.com slash start. You can find all of our previous videos go up there. I saw another bunch of views went for our the Siberia playthrough. Still the most popular thing we've <laughs> ever done on that on that YouTube channel, which is... I can't believe that game is right? as popular as it right? is. Like, oh. what the fuck? Um, yeah, youtube.com slash start. Subscribe, you get notified and put stuff up there. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Gaming to Start, you find us there. Podcast at gamingstart.com is the email address. Hey, we'll end it there. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Enjoy whatever you're playing. And we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. <laughs>